Hey everyone, it's Jerry at the Fledge here with another episode of Every Damn Day. Today we have with us our good friend Claire Powers with Becoming Heroic. How are you doing today, Claire? Hey Jay, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. We're glad to have you. Um, and we feel uh, lucky to have you because Meyer downtown, Capital City Market, is opening tomorrow or two days, three two days. Two days. Two. Yeah, two, two days from now. And I know you're on your lunch break, so thanks for squeezing mm -hmm. us in. Um, how, how's that going down there? Oh, it's awesome. I'm so excited for everyone to be able to come in and really take benefits from from what's offered there. You know, it's a simple grocery store, and yet it's such a powerful force in our community. And the past couple of days, the local vendors have been coming in to stock their products. So we got to see Marcus from Mr. Leslie's Cheesecake there this morning, stocking his cheesecakes in the fresh, and that, all kinds that, of other amazing products are coming in. That is so cool. It's, uh, it's really cool that you get to be a part of that and that we get to hear some stories from you and watch what's happening and see you making connections with with the Meyer and uh, some of the fledglings or some of the entrepreneurs that you know in the ecosystem, uh, like you were saying, Mr. Cheesecake. Uh, mm -hmm. So this is amazing. But we're here to talk about you and becoming heroic. So why don't you tell us some stuff? Sure. Um, becoming heroic is my business, but more than that, it is my life. It is, uh, you know, for a really long time, I didn't believe that I had any value. That there was a reason for me, other than being a caregiver, a caretaker, um, for other people, and living that way life was just something that you survived. You existed day to day, but you never truly lived. And it's an awful, it's an awful feeling to have every single day to feel trapped in your own mind and for your life to feel like something that you want to escape, whether that's through a glass of wine or a TV show or shopping or scrolling your social media feed. Um, there came a point in my life where I said, no more. That is not it for me. I refuse to accept that that's going to be my life. And for me, that moment came when my son was pretty young. And I just had this moment where I said, you know, it's so easy in our culture to say that we give ourselves in service to something greater than ourselves, like parenting or service-oriented work. But that puts so much on expectation on others, our children to be something because we gave ourselves so that they could be something. When I changed my mindset to believe that I could be a role model for my son of what is possible so that he doesn't try to step in my footsteps, but that he knows how to step confidently into his own path. And that if he doesn't have anyone to show him what that looks like, he may find himself in the same place that I did, living for others, doing for others, 
existing. And the pain for myself wasn't great enough to change. But when I thought of my son feeling and thinking the same way that I did when he was 30 years old, that became a catalyst for me to do the work. I think it's uh, so often when people make these bold statements, like what you're talking about, where you're going to be there for your son, they don't put the thought into that, that other side of it, right? That other, the expectation that comes with it, that lands on that other person. Um, and I think we see that a lot when we, we put a lot of burden on, uh, well, black women in particular right now, to kind of take care of everything. So we're going to do this and you don't think about from the perspective, shit, man, I'm tired. I, uh, I got enough to do. Um, so I really love that, you know, that you're, you're telling everybody about that and getting that message out. You, uh, so, well, one other quick thing, we didn't talk a lot about you. I know that you, you know, grew up an athlete. I knew that you, grew up somewhere. Um, <laughs> so you want to talk about that at all or tell us at least you're from Michigan? Or I not? am not from Michigan. No, <laughs> uh, I'm not a recent, I guess I've been here almost five years now, but only in Lansing for about the past year um, and Lansing proper for the past three months. Um, but I did, I grew up in a military family. I grew up as an athlete, um, had amazing opportunities to travel in Europe playing, travel the country playing volleyball, competing in track and field. Um, and there's a piece of me that really thrives in those circumstances where you're really challenged to push yourself. Um, and to see, one of the questions that I love to ask myself is what am I truly capable of? Like, like, is this it? Or like, you know, there's always this piece of me that's like, maybe maybe a little bit more, maybe you could go, maybe you can sh shave one second off. Maybe you could jump one inch higher. Maybe you could hit with five inches more precision. And to have this um, obsession, this personality of obsession, that once I dream of something, I will do whatever it takes to make that happen. And I lost that for a long time because outside of, I didn't know how that translated outside of athletics. Once you took it outside of the court, how did that work in everyday life? And for many years, it became a weapon I used against myself. It became fueled out of judgment and shame of what I wasn't doing or how I wasn't measuring up. And so part of this journey of becoming the hero of my story has been to step into the energy of playfulness and curiosity and to channel that obsessive energy that I have, potential within me, into actualizing the present moment. What is this moment demanding of me? What am I capable of in this moment? Like a very simple example is when I first began my healing journey, I went completely off grid. I deleted all my social media accounts. I deleted my email. I got an old burner phone that you could call me, but I couldn't text. Um, I was obsessed and I was willing to do whatever it took to move the needle forward. And you don't see that in a lot. I feel like a lot of life people are kind of like, well, just be gentle, just be kind of ease your way into it. And 
there, I think that there's a time and a space for that. But I also believe that there's a way to do and bring about massive change in our lives from a place of love, not from a place of self-hatred. I loved myself so much that I was willing to do massive, uncomfortable, weird <laughs> things according to society. And uh, I now talk a lot about living an uncommon life that if we do as we've always done or we do as others are doing, we will get the same thing that we've always gotten. And we will simply reinforce the systems that are already in place. So we have to be willing to dare to try something different and to build an uncommon life where the norm is health. How do you think those, well, the concept of discipline and then this concept of being, you know, uncommon, you know, you started out in one spot when I, or I met you in one spot on your entrepreneurial journey. Mm-hmm. And you're in a completely different spot now. And I, th- I think that is one of your strengths, your ability to pivot and to understand that, you know, you don't have to be right with all of your hypothesis. Some of them can be wrong and some of them can make you change a little bit. But also, um, I feel that play, though, too. Right. If you weren't playing and kind of we call it jumping into the chaos and then this order kind of emerges, your your change would have been a lot less uh, uh, measured or, or significant than it seems to have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one of my mentors, Brooke Castile, uh, has um, a wonderful challenge to all of her students that I just loved, and it was, for each of us to win the no Olympics as we're looking to start our businesses. So it's not about us finding the right answer and the right program and how to do everything and then shipping that and showing it to the world. It is get, putting things out into the world with the intention of getting as many no's as we can. I want to be the champion of the no Olympics now. Mm-hmm. And what that does for me is it releases my attachment to the results. I know going into every single week, I'm going to get a ton of no's. But since I made the shift, I not only get a ton of no's, I've been getting some incredible yeses and some yeses that are just coming into my world that are just better than I could have dreamed on my own, better than I could have, you know, and that's not even true. I could have made them happen, but it probably would have taken me a year two years to learn all of those skills myself, to develop all of the capabilities that I needed to, to get the financial resources in place to make it a real thing. But by putting myself out there and being playful about it and simply saying, here I am, (laughs) is this something the world needs? There's been people coming in that say, you know, not quite that, but I love you. I love your voice. I love your message. I love your energy. I can't quite use your program as you have it, but boy, do I want to talk. And I sit down in conversations with them and they say, here's the people that I serve. Here's where I would love to bring you in. What could you offer? And then I go back and say, you know, that's a really incredible group of women who need 
what I have to share. What is it about the current message that I put out that got me that no, that isn't helping them? And always coming back to myself, is am I the right person? Because there's sometimes that I sit down and I talk with them and I realize I'm not, but I know somebody within the ecosystem of our entrepreneurial community here. I'm not the right person for that, but I've got a phone number for you. And because I made that reference, I not only made their connection, but I strengthened my relationship within the ecosystem. And so that is kind of where this ability to be playful and disattached comes from is um, I want the nose. I want them so bad. I don't care how bad it is that I'm putting out there in the world. There's times, of course I'm gonna get a no, but what am I gonna learn? Yeah, that's, uh, it brings me back to that thing I've always, or that we say often is uh, uh, succeed or learn, or, mm -hmm. you know, in a lot of ways it's succeed and learn, um, but never really fail. A, a lot of people will say, you know, fail fast, fail often. It's kind of the same thing, but I like the way you're looking at it because the collecting the nose, that's what these models used to say to my daughter is you got to go out and collect your nose and then you'll get your yes. Um, and I, I, I just like that, that approach of, uh, like not making it so personal. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And I think and, it was a big shift for me to, um, to shift to believe that the only way that I could fail was by giving up. That hmm. is the only way that I can fail. It, and that takes the fear out of not getting that yes because yeah. it doesn't mean that I failed. I'm still here, so I'm still winning. And it puts it in your control, right? You're kind of, it's your world, it's your mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I told yeah. you before this, I, I love the way you think about these things and the, the mindset <laughs> that you set up, the perspective that you have. Um, what's, what's something you do every damn day that pushes your needle forward? Um, every day. Yeah, you know, it's a very simple practice. It takes maybe 10 seconds, but every single morning the I wake up and before I get up out of bed, I place a hand on my heart and one on my belly and I take a deep breath and say, I am a hero becoming all I can be. And that is the intention that then sets the tone for my day. Is one of the things that's challenging as a here as a as an entrepreneur is that every single day is different. And when you're an entrepreneur in the middle of a pandemic, every day is unscripted. You never know what email is going to come across your desk. You don't know who's going to give a call. What what event's going to get canceled? You don't know. But if you have the mindset that you are the hero of your story, then you are geared to be creative, you are geared to be empowered, you are geared to say, all right, let's do it. Like, yeah. it's, um, it's for me the energy shift from waking up and going, ugh, another day, how am I gonna get through this? There's so many things on my to-do list to shifting to say, I am the hero and I choose what I will do today. 
I can choose to not do some things and I can choose to do some things, but the choice, the power is mine. So, you know, you, you've got this uh, capital city market with Meyer happening. You've got your becoming heroic that is building and evolving and starting to uh, gain those, those spectacular yeses. And mm -hmm. you um, are also a, a mother to a, a lovely little uh, son. I don't mm -hmm. know if I'm supposed to say his name, so I'll stay away from <laughs> it for a second. Um, and, you know, yesterday I had on the show uh, Britt Howes, and he always has that I am me, which is what you were making me think of in the beginning there. Uh, we talked about the Joan uh, or Janice Joplin quote yesterday, and now I won't get it quite right, but it's uh, don't, uh, what did it say? Don't uh, sell yourself short. You're all you have, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And him and I spoke a lot about that, and it, it just really reminded me of, uh, what you were saying in the beginning there, but he had a question for you and his question for you is how do you find your fuel, your energy to uh, kind of get up and keep going? So you rest and you unplug and whatever, but what's the fuel that keeps you going? And especially, you know, when you've got uh, during this, this pandemic, you've got a young son that you uh, have to, uh, take care of and be there for and all of that? Mm -hmm. That is such an amazing question. And it's one that I don't think I had a good answer to until really just recently. Um, I think one of the reasons that I am experiencing the success in business that I am right now is because of this energy shift that has happened. And what has changed has been... I don't want to say uh, um, stumbling upon, but that's not right. I have been, I've been pushing and questioning and wondering about what my purpose was for years. And I just, I could never, I would think I found it and yet I would burn out. I would think I found it and then I would burn out and crash. And I just couldn't seem to maintain and sustain the energy that I needed to, to do the work that I wanted to do. And what's different in this past few months as you know, I work three different jobs. I am a single mom and uh, working through a conscious co-parenting relationship and what does that look like? And then at the same time, going back to school and starting my business, I have never felt more energized. I simultaneously do more than I have ever done before. And I have more energy than I ever dreamt possible. And I truly believe it's because I feel there's a knowingness in my heart now that this is what I was meant to do. And because I choose it, it's for me a mindset shift. I don't have to go to work to support my family. I get to. I get to go to work so that I can provide stability for my family while I pursue my dreams. And when I choose these things, I own them. And when I own them, they become a source of energy for me. They don't drain my energy away. They themselves fuel me in their own unique way. 
And part of that was really knowing myself and what my core needs are, which are meaning, strength, and connection. And so when I was hunting for a job to support my family and provide that stability, I only looked for jobs that would help me meet those core needs. If I couldn't meet those needs doing the work, I didn't apply. And so every day I wake up and not only do I get to do this coaching work that I absolutely adore, but I get to go to a job at a grocery store that provides a need in our fam in our community. And I get to be a part of the nuts and bolts and relationship building of my community. I get to go be a caregiver at the end of life and really have understanding that this life we have is precious. And then the last kind of piece to it is that I am absolutely ruthless. And I mean this, absolutely ruthless that nobody, no thing, no circumstance that does not fuel my highest good stays in my life. So if that means cutting out social media or what food I eat or that I don't watch TV or there are certain people that I don't spend time with anymore because I am very clear that my life force is a gift and it is my gift to choose who I give it to. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I'm I'm gonna bounce over to the comments for a second. Our friend uh, Omar, you know Omar, right? I think you do. I don't think we've met in person. But you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. he He's gonna start uh, every day with that same mindset that you said. And then he also said, it's important to develop a myth about yourself then live to fulfill that myth. And that's a uh, part of the Viking philosophy. So he's just mm -hmm. chiming in. I know he likes, uh, he'll have to watch that uh, masculinity talk tomorrow too. <laughs> so that's kind of a good segment into Ryan's thing. <laughs> so, so uh, kind of our, our thing that we're trying to do is daisy chain the episodes together. So mm -hmm. tomorrow, uh, Ryan is going to talk about his, uh, Ryan Miller is going to talk about his men's resiliency project. Um, and you have the opportunity to ask him a question, just like Britt asked you a question. What question would you like to ask Ryan? And we've already talked about it. You only get one. Oh, fine. I know. <laughs> Uh, I absolutely love love uh, Ryan's project and what he's trying to bring to the world. Um, and I'm trying to remember the verbiage I used for my question earlier, but it was, um, what does he believe is the core of, of a toxic masculine culture? And how will his programs and what he offers go about addressing and healing that core wound? Yeah. And we're going to, you know, we switch that question and ask that of you. And sometimes we try to, you know, morph it into something that's relevant or, or uh, more clearly relevant because it's going to be relevant to your becoming heroic. But mm -hmm. what we're going to just ask you that same exact question. Um, what what do you think the root of all of it is? Um. I had a very interesting conversation just last night um, with a group of women and we were talking about racism in our country and how does that go about 
still being such a massive problem and source of pain and injustice. And we talk about something that came up was the good old boys club and how we as a culture have this philosophy that boys will be boys. They aren't held accountable for their actions. It is the other person that made them responsible for doing what they did. And that when that is the foundation upon which we speak to and model for our sons who become men, who raise sons who become men, we have this generational snowball that happens where this, it gives almost a permissiveness to their actions where, ah, it doesn't bother me, so it's not a problem. Um, and I don't know if that's truly the core of it, but as a, as a mother of a son, it's something that I have become aware of and worked to understand what would a different philosophy for manhood be, for boyhood be, mm-hmm. that teaches them how to live from a foundation of value and virtues uh, instead of um, permissiveness. And um, yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to save most of my comments for when I'm on the phone with, uh, or on the the call with Ryan tomorrow um, or the show with Ryan, Mm -hmm. just because number one, uh, I'll be mansplaining if I'm not careful here in a minute and I (laughs) never want to do that. Um, I've always felt, so I'll put in my, my own comments in a different way. Uh, I always felt the woman is more intuitive. The woman is more peaceful. The woman is a better leader. And I always felt like we, us men were just rock throwers and, you know, there to drag meat home or something. I don't know. It's, and I've, uh, you know, being around Ryan being, well, I'm older than a lot of the people that I mentor around here or whatever. Um, but I can't wait to talk about that subject and I can't wait to, cause I think that, you know, the roots of racism, like you're saying are in there too. And uh, I talk about that locker room where it gets really violent when you call, you know, when two men are there and you're calling out another man on his racism, it can turn into a fight very, very quickly um, Mm -hmm. and it escalates. And that's that good old boys club, just, you know, both problems. You think that just women, if it was just uh, like women in control, the racism would go away really fast? Absolutely not. Um, It's something that I, one of the reasons that uh, I'm so passionate about doing this work with women is that there is a toxic feminine culture just as much as the toxic masculine culture, but it is more of a shame-based toxicity than a violent Mm -hmm. toxicity. And it is um, because when we feel small ourselves, we have we feel the need to make everyone else just as small. And what we have to really, really shift to is that um, we were all destined to be more, to be bigger than we are. We aren't there. We weren't destined to live in a box. 
that the box yeah. is something that society created. It's a simple mindset. And, but it's powerful. And if somebody sees you stepping outside the box, they want you back in fast. Because if you're outside the box, then it calls into question why they are themselves. And if they're not ready mm -hmm. to answer that question, it's very scary. But we have to be willing to not conform ourselves back into the box. So there's a lot of roots to a lot of problems that we need a lot of entrepreneurs to solve. So yeah. I'm going to wrap it up here because it sounds like a, a great lead in for um, Ryan's show tomorrow. Uh, yeah. My love of the entrepreneur. I love you entrepreneurs because you're sitting out there getting rid of these root causes, coming up with solutions that are relevant to our communities and making our community stronger. Um, I'm just going to do a quick plug and then I'll be right back at you, Claire. Um, remember, uh, every damn day at two, we broadcast every damn day. Uh, coming up on Sunday, we have another 99 problems, but a pitch ain't one at 3 p.m. And we um, uh, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you can get notifications and see great talks like Claire's. So anything you want to go out with, Claire, or take us out? Yeah, I would absolutely love if you enjoyed our talk today and want to know more about Becoming Heroic and, and what programs we'll be offering, both virtual and in-person, coming in November. Head on over to our new website at becoming-heroic.com. All right. I'll make sure that I put that into the description of the video and mention that when we share the video out in a little bit. Thank you so much for being on our show, Claire. And thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. Thanks for having me, Jerry. It was a pleasure being here.